welcome to the Envision podcast. The X-Cast is what it's called, Corey, where we help brands navigate audience engagement in times of change. Hmm. Um, so I'm Doug Binder. I'm a senior creative director here at Envision. Corey. And I'm Corey Burton. Uh, I'm an executive producer here at Envision. So, Corey, we're going to help brands navigate audience engagement in times of change, and we're going to do it without any data. Huh. There's not going to be any strategy. Right. We're going to go back to, I think, maybe why we got into this business in the first place, which was we love what we do. We love touching audiences. Um, and I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hopeful going forward. Absolutely. We we love making experiences and... and uh that's what we've all been doing for a long time, but then the experience changed. Well, speaking of that, I don't know if we first met when I went to Hall D at Oracle Open World right. years ago, supporting the CEO of Intel. You may have been an, an interloper in my kingdom. It, well, it was. I'll tell you, we walked into that room and it was massive. Yeah. The screen, you know, the screens and what you had going on, we were like, holy cow, this is this is the big time. It was. And I mean, that was you, you, well, I mean, that was you. It looks like me when, I mean, when, when I'm the one standing there with you or with your CEO, it seems like me, but obviously there is, you know, uh, a cavalcade of talent on the other end of my clear comms. So, you know, I get to look like Zeus, but man, I've, I've got the minions carrying the lightning bolts around. You better believe it. Well, and so, you know, I've known you now for 10 years and I mean, you always kind of epitomize the, the executive producer. You're a road warrior, you're in the ballrooms, you're, you know, kicking iron around and yelling at road cases. And, you know, Sting knows you when he's yeah, right. You. Sure. Sting, Sting might know me if I tripped him in the street. Sure. Well, and Duran Duran, come on. Duran Duran might remember me. Simon Lebon lifted my kilt. So that's a good possibility. Um, I think I think we can say that on a podcast. Sure. Well, it happened. So then my birthday three hmm. years ago, my birthday is March 13th, by the way, it's coming up Friday, the 13th. Hmm. I was supposed to be in Hawaii, but we kind of freaked out and stayed in California and drove to Santa Monica and then kind of freaked out again and went home and didn't leave anymore for hmm. two years. Yeah. Um, and in that first weekend, I'd still go back to, I know there were crews at Envision that pivoted as it was called back then. Ooh, that we had a hybrid event going up on Monday. That's right. Yep. We the, That crew had set up in a ballroom and were basically starting rehearsals. And that's when the hammer came down. And very quickly, they turned a live ballroom event into a streaming webcast. And I, I remember those first you know couple of weeks. It's like, oh, you know, a couple of more weeks and we'll be back to the I'll stagger ballroom. through this. So for you, again... Uh, I'll over, I won't overstate it by saying you are a globetrotter um, and event guru. What's it like to go from Hall D at Moscone to your garage? Yeah, I mean, you 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 can't overstate the difference. You you that I'll admit that I had done I've done the traveling. You know, like like you call me the globetrotter, but I really have been just about everywhere. And I have, so I have seen it and I have done it. So even on this day today, I don't feel like I've, I've lost anything by not traveling so much. And I don't really have that travel bug. Maybe like some people do. I don't itch to get to the airport. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not my thing, but 
um, really the main difference was to then start trying to produce a new experience for a client and not having the mastery, not having the crew, not having that familiarity, you know, no matter how tough it was in Hall D, for example, you know, it was 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. for days on end. It was a known quantity and it was it was rarely an extreme experience for anybody on your crew. Everybody had done this before and everybody had a horror story that was way worse than this. And, you know, the, the, the insane client and the crews that didn't want to work and you didn't get a meal and all this crazy stuff. Right. But, you know, I, I tried to keep my shows not like that, but now I'm in my garage and I'm trying to do everything through my laptop. How, how do you do this? Who do you even ask how you do this? Yeah. And, and people are still, wondering that three years later, you know, it's interesting. You talk about Hall D or, you know, any ballroom um, and all the, the things you brought up involve people. So, you know, right. you're turning to different people on your team. There's, you know, your video crew, there's your show caller, there's, you know, the, the, the destination people. So you were surrounded by people, hmm. those, you know, 14, 18 hour days. And then to just be, by yourself and like you say just looking at a screen yeah and trying to figure out what's my role here what is what is my role how do i do it and probably the most terrifying part of it is uh you know how to how to answer questions that the client throws at you because we're supposed to be the experts in all of this stuff and so if we're going to suggest a pivot because we still want to keep this you know event on the road and and let me just remind everybody that in that first year like you said, we didn't know when these things were going to end. So in March, we are talking to clients who are planning events in May, and we're still thinking we're going to go on site, right? Within a six-month period, we're still thinking this is going to wrap up and we're going to go. So now we got to figure out, okay, well, what, what's our cancellation contingency? What are vendors going to charge us if, if we do cancel a month out or two months out? You know, what, how do we respend the money? Who do we have to pay for all these things? So that, the, the amount of angst that we went through just in the not knowing, right? That was the worst part of all of it is not knowing what's that next step. When are we going to be able to do it? How are we going to do it? And then, you know, when the client finally said, okay, we're going to take it virtual, you breathe the sigh of relief because at least now you know something concrete. <laughs> but then the new terror starts because how do you do it? What What's the platform? You can't get the platform guys on the phone because they're trying to help other people 24-7. Uh, what's the equipment? What's the team? Who who makes it happen? Yeah. And, and again, it comes back to people. So, you know, we're vendors are all shifting what they're able to do. You know, all the hardware vendors all of a sudden got to find something to do with their kit. That's right. Um, and, it, you know, I, I respected the fact that Envision had a vision for, you know, what it looked like coming back. I mean, clean events and then flex. But even those changed every week. Absolutely. Because, you know, we'd learn something new uh, or invent something new. And all of a sudden, everyone wanted to do that. Well, we were constantly getting uh, um, demos from uh, vendors, partners that we had been using for years with what their new technology was, what the new kit was that they were going to send to the executive. You know, it was a box with a microphone and a camera in it, or it was some 80 pound case that opened up like a robot that was going to do all the work for us. You know, I mean, we went from from the sublime to the ridiculous in our our hunt for solutions. Okay, but did you send crews over in hazmat outfits? 
to set literally up executive absolutely yeah, yeah 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 we're gonna we'll set up in your garage we'll we'll set up in your living room while you're not there you hide your children it's the new normal right I mean, it was. I mean who thought we'd be ordering up hazmat suits um to do our job but you know one one thing i think we learned early on and had to remind clients of too is an event is really about you know people minds coming together sharing information um you know in our business it's about you know getting a brand out there getting a message across changing behaviors and we just don't do it in ballrooms for a while sure uh, but you know we got to use these little rectangles to reimagine everything we're trying to achieve when we used to all fly to Las Vegas or Orlando well that's right and and i mean bringing up las vegas is a perfect example is what um what kind of event or session did you ever you know design and execute that didn't have some entertainment value built into it you know there 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 needs to be a hook there needs to be a laugh line there needs to be you know something completely different <laughs> that happens at some point and in the ballroom you can bring in the um, the drum band you can bring in you know the the pseudo cirque du soleil guys for 10 minutes you know you you bring in the um the celebrity speaker which of course we kept doing but now the celebrity speaker is at home somewhere i know but they're still making a lot of like the same amount of money well do you know at the beginning when when we were first you know still formulating how we were going to do this celebrities didn't know how to price themselves so you yeah. you know you we'd talk to the agencies and we'd say like hey you know so and so we want that they're they're usually 50,000 bucks for a gig surely they'd be less now because they don't go anywhere and you know it'll only take them an hour total so what's it going to cost and you know the answer coming back was we don't know make us an <laughs> offer what what do you got well i remember being on a a recording with trevor noah and um you know from his living room where he's also doing his that's show. right he did his show from there i, I did I, were we on the same one i, I did trevor noah as well he was he was great to work with well, he was great because we got on and we had all sorts of technical issues. Yeah, we did. Okay. So I don't know if it was the same one, but I mean, it spent 30, 45 minutes just trying to get, you know, his camera to sync. I think we we're using. Right. Well, and he had, he had his sound or video guy basically living with him yeah. in his apartment. Yeah. Right. And, and they got it figured out from their end. And okay. If he had walked into your ballroom and was on stage and we couldn't get audio. We couldn't get the microphone working. Yeah. I mean, he'd be like, guys, you look like an idiot. No, that's right. Well, because there you go back to the tried and true, right? This is something that we've all been doing for decades, maybe. And so we're supposed to be good at this. And you, how can you not get a microphone working? You've got 15 people backstage who, yeah. you know, this is what they're doing. But we all kind of in, in, in through this lockdown and this massive pivot, sorry, um, we had a kind of a foxhole mentality, right? Like we're all in this together. The yeah. shells are exploding above all of us. Um, but so, so by that token, we get a lot more leeway, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some, some rope to, to get this right. Yeah. And you know, the, the, there was no sense that he was frustrated. It was like, you just said, it's foxhole mentality is that, yeah, guys, we're all figuring this out. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like the great equalizer is it was you know, names like him and, and, um, uh, Dan Levy and some of the others, you know, and right, one of the first virtual concerts I remember was um, oh, those guys from Boston, uh, the, uh, uh, Dropkick Murphys, uh -huh. and you know they're in an empty studio right. doing the show, 
And it's like, okay, well, this is now entertainment. You know, there's no one in the audience. Um, well, it kind of ended up being like that, that video of a concert that you have on your phone that, that, you know, you, you wasted the experience of being there in the room with them by recording on your phone. And and now you have it on your phone. You really don't want to watch it because it's got no energy. You, You don't feel like you're there. And you don't really remember the show because you were making sure that, you know, your battery was. Yeah. But you were focusing it above the girl in front of you kept jumping up and down. Well, and that's, you know, another thing that we talk about the Greek equalizer and, you know, celebrities being real people is our, you know, we work with a lot of CEOs and very important people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we see them in our normal jobs, they're, you know, they're coming into a ballroom to rehearse, do their part. And they, you know, they've they got the really cloud of EAs and assistants and the cherubim and the seraphim around them. And right. And people with lint rollers and whatnot. And right. now, you know, we're talking to CEOs who, you know, got their Peloton where all their laundry is drying behind them. Yeah. So that this is, is where they live. Although, did you notice that um, like very quickly, the convention of we don't want to see your bed in the background became the normal, right? That was, that was kind of like the, that, that was the benchmark of, of the, like, if you could drag a plant in from another room, that would be super. If you could maybe hang a picture somewhere behind you, that'd be great. But but for God's sake, make your bed if it has to be in the background. Make, make your bed, get rid of your laundry, but the dog can stay. The dog, dog can stay. Can stay. If, if, the, if the Amazon guy shows up again today, because you know Amazon came to all of our houses twice a day, every day, that, that was kind of what we were in for. That was, and, and, and most clients understood that too. There was, I had very few kickbacks on, you know, that extraneous noise that, that you'd get from life happening around you. Cause it's, that's where we are. I'm in my home, you're in your home. Yeah. And I'm inviting you in, you know, eight hours a day. We were having people. I don't know, Corey, did you actually like look at people's backgrounds and think, did you judge them? I'm not a very judgy person, but I I would sometimes comment on things. I found myself often getting a little too personal with people because I would, you know, kind of pick up on stuff in the background and, and most of the time they'd be happy to roll with it. I had uh, one executive at her kitchen bar and she was quite impressed that I knew what a fiddle leaf fig was because I, I mentioned that it made for a good background bit, but um, yeah, what overall, I, I tried to keep my thoughts to myself, depending on, you know, the level of, if you're working with a DBA recording a demo, you can pretty much tell them, man, you look like you live in a sad little cave. What can we do when you're working with the CEO? You're a little more circumspect with, with your commentary on their lifestyle. Uh, yes, because they are surrounded by people who... Not then they weren't. Well, they should have said, you know, um, <laughs> you kind of need to move the hamper away. Or, yeah. you know, that that painting is actually pretty inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> or have you looked at your hair today? Yeah. Um, I did ask a very high-level... Or I did warn a very high-level executive that um, she had a booger. and. <laughs> um, you know what? You have the booger I, conversation. I, it was tough. You got to do it. Hmm. And, you know, I want her. I'm sure she thanked you in the end. No, she, you know, she remembered me years later from me being on booger patrol. The booger guy. Yeah. So have you been back into the ballroom? I have. I have. What's yeah. your take? Um, it's, it's. It's the same with the constant fear of bringing COVID home. I'll say that, uh, you know, um, wearing masks in public now is a new normal. You'll, you'll always be able to get away with it. 
Um, I still don't like Las Vegas. So, um, but but overall, people are thrilled to be back together again. People are thrilled to be dropping back into the old version of what they were very good at, uh, rather than the, the virtual version that we were all pretending we could be very good at. And sometimes we were. Uh, but but sometimes the product was wow we got through it and that was the best thing you could say about it. I agree, and I think that you know if if you got through the broadcast and it could convey the right messages and the right training and you know the right experience and like you say you couldn't all of a sudden have a circ act show up on stage. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you had a client that would adhere to the notion that forget about the general session that we were going to do. That we, you know, we canceled and you're eating the money from the venue because you're not going to get it back. Forget about that show. Now we're making a TV show. Yep. Those who would embrace that, we made great product because they, you know, they they kept the commentary a little bit shorter. It was more bite-sized. There was fun interstitial stuff in between. You know, it was kind of that, you know, I I would I would tell my presenters when we were recording, be interesting, be a more animated version of yourself. Be be twice as bright as you normally are because anybody watching you has the dog, the door, their phone. Um, it, you know, every single person watching you is on, on an aisle seat in the back row and they can get up and leave and you won't know. So you got to well, give more. Yes. And that's why going back live, which I've done now three times, you know, with relatively big audiences, you know, over a thousand, which I think is mm-hmm. big these is to see people stay seated, you have their attention. But I tell you, the first time I heard laughter from an audience and applause, mm-hmm. I mean, it just went right through me. Goosebumps, and, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And not that we're out there for the acclaim or for you know showbiz, but it was like we're you know this no, is we, human again. This we is we in production and the artistic parts and technical parts of production have a very specific perversion about us that we are thrilled by reaction. And if if we can point at it and say, I helped create that reaction, so much the better. But that's not what's important. It's that we are part of the agency that executed this moment that allowed for all these people to react at the same time with the same kind of a feeling. That's That's the thrill we get. And that's our part of the job. That's right. You know, some sometimes we do come in with messaging and strategy and brand and everything else, but our part of the job is to get to help our clients get a reaction out of their audience, mm-hmm. ideally a positive one. We did uh, when when we were still in lockdown. Um, we did a kickoff for a small software company in Boston, and we convinced them to rent a kind of a full studio. We set up like a Tonight Show kind of a thing. They bought into the live band, so we had the live band. We had the uh, interview area. We had the, the, they have an internal podcast and we had the hosts there at the podcast desk, but then we had open mics in the room and about 20, 25 of their employees and EAs, EAs, all that sitting around laughing and applauding and reacting. And it made that broadcast so much more enjoyable and real and engageable. That's not a word, but, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it, it was that life that we were all lacking in the canned stuff that we've been doing, even if it was beautifully strung together with the perfect interstitial, it was, you know, not recorded before a live TV audience. Well, now was the band, the dropkick Murphys? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. Because I'm thinking 
you and I are working on all these same projects of normally it would be, I'd see you all day and we'd spend three days in a venue, but okay, good. I'm glad that we're not passing in the night like that. No, not, so, not badly. What, what, what do you see happening going forward? Where are we going to be in five years in this business? Well, if I want to sound like a complete idiot, I'll tell you where we'll be in five years Go. because I have no chance of getting it right. <laughs> um, the chances are, uh, you know, what we'll be paying more for labor, we'll be paying more for gear. Uh, clients will still be complaining about the cost of everything. Uh, and hopefully some version of the hybrid that we all dreamed of, you know, transporting ourselves over to will happen, you know, that that you will have some version of the audience live in the room, but there will be an equally robust broadcast going out to the remote corners of the earth for people who could not or will not or, you know, don't need to travel. Uh, you know, so a, a, a parallel show that's happening both for the audience, like the Oscars say, that happen every year that we somehow are, are sentenced to watch each year. <laughs> well, I, I would agree with you on the hybrid. Um, I'll be curious to see who's going to make the decision about who gets to fly and who doesn't or who has to fly and mm -hmm. who doesn't. Um, business travel is is not as fun as it used to be. And it wasn't ever that and it wasn't fun. ever that fun. No. Yeah. So, um, you know, I do think that, uh, again, where we are, I think, in our, our careers is this has kind of lit a fire under us. I mean, mm -hmm. I will say I'm grateful that I have learned more in the last three years than I had in the 10 years before that about our business and about how to touch audiences. I, I never expected to become a, a video producer or, a, you know, a digital events producer. That that was not on my radar. I've, I've been a live events kind of a person since I was 19 years old. So this this kind of this business of doing it at arm's length and putting it in can in the can was um, was not something I was prepared for. Well, again, Corey, when I got I, when I knew I was going to see you a few weeks ago, it, I really thought of you and how this whole experience professionally, you know, affected you because hmm. again, you're the quintessential, you know, event producer to me, and um, so. I, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with me um, and certainly appreciate, you know, any time I get to spend with you. Well, thanks, Doug. I appreciate that, too. You've, you've got a birthday coming up. It'll happen just after we're together at the offsite coming up. That's going to be true. great for Envision to get together live and in be, person. I will be 29 until then. You look great. And to folks who've listened this far. If indeed you have, uh, thank you for joining us and be sure to join us for our next Envision podcast coming soon. Take care, Corey. You take care, Doug. Thank you. Thank you.